This is the Dairy Brothers Tribecast, a podcast for diehard Cleveland Indians fans. Presented to you by WaitingForNextYear.com. Now, here are the hosts, Matt and Todd Derry. Promises made, promises delivered. Dairy Brothers Tribecast on WaitingForNextYear.com, at least for now, right here on this very website and anywhere you get your podcast. Matt and Todd with you talking to Cleveland Indians baseball on a Monday off day. Indians with a, a decent week, to say the least. Uh, a four-game sweep in Kansas City, then a split with the Reds, and then the uh, rain delay or the rain out uh, on Sunday. So the Ohio Cup still uh, is yet to be determined. we got to wait uh, for August for that. But, Todd, uh, I mean, who, do, who even knows where to start after this past week of Indians baseball? The team's playing much better. Four games over five hundred, um, and, and an impressive performance in Kansas City. And, and then the rain, and now a couple days off. Since that first three games in the Yankees series where the Cleveland baseball team scored a combined total of seven runs and looked terrible in the process, the Indians have now rattled off 10 wins in 13 games. I'll take a 10-3 and three stretch all day long, especially when at the beginning of this week, you swept the team that was right in front of you and was in first place and is no longer in first place in the Kansas City Royals. On the road. Chris, Chris, Richard Christie's Kansas City Royals on the road. And in doing so, coming back in all four games to win, which was also great. And then obviously you had the split with the Reds um, that we will get into. But this, this stretch of baseball has been pretty good, other than the defense, which continues to be a problem. Uh, and then, you know, the, the lack of hitting, which is always going to be a problem. Um, you know, I, I'll take it again. I, I'm, we'll get into it and, and I'll probably, I don't know when you want to jump into it at the beginning or we want to do everything, uh, that we have on our list before we get into the topic. But, but there was a, uh, uh the proprietor of this very website, Craig Lindell had put out a little 15 minute pod over the weekend that I encourage you all mm. to listen to with his side of the argument mm-hmm. that uh, uh, about how he feels about the Indians compared to how people like me and you and others feel. Um, we, we can certainly get into that, but let's start on a positive because again, the 10 and three in the last two weeks, the way they came back in Kansas city when they looked dead in the water for six innings, and then they would just all of a sudden wake up and then you get a lead with this bullpen and it's game over. And I just, I'm, Again, I'm happy with the way things are going. So, Yeah, we're, we are brought to you by the Center for Advanced Dentistry, by the way, and BreakingTea.com. You know, Todd, you bring up a great point about the bullpen because if they can get a lead in the late innings, uh, whether it's Brian Shaw, Nick Whitgren, Nick Sandlin, the uh, Sandman, uh, James Karen Jack, as, as you refer to him as 99, or Emmanuel Classe, there's a lot of options right now for, for, for Terry Francona and uh, I think he's handled the pen pretty well. I, I know they used um, Karinchek a ton this past week, and you're like, why is he in all these games? Uh, and, and you hope it doesn't turn into like a Cody Allen, Brian Shaw situation from a few years ago, even Andrew Miller. But that's the thing, is that if this team <clears throat> starts some games, and whether you go back to the Mike Miner start against the Royals earlier in the week and all these games kind of uh, bound together for me that were in Kansas City, the three night games, they're all intriguing games. They're all exciting games, but they all kind of featured the offense sort of waking up in the middle of the late innings. 
and then just kind of exploding, whether it's Josh Naylor uh, hitting the baseball, whether it's hidden Harold Ramirez, uh, you know, slashing the ball into left center or even taking it the other way. The Indians found a way to find some offense. Uh, then, of course, get no hit on Friday, which is, which is crazy, and then explode for nine runs on Saturday. They are a they are certainly an enigma when it comes to this team offensively. Um, but yes, I, I do feel good about them because the pitching is there. You see what Savali's doing. You see what Bieber's doing. You see what Plesak's doing. The team is sitting at eighteen and fourteen, despite, like you said, kicking the baseball all over the field at times. They don't have. Very good defense at shortstop right now, and they're playing a 22-year-old kid who I think should be playing and needs to be playing. Uh, center field's a mess. The corner guys we already know are not great defenders to begin with. And then your starting catcher's injured. So there's a there's a lot to digest there. But to sit at 18 and 14 behind the high-priced, high-talented White Sox by only a game, I, I think is okay. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and I want to go into... Uh... Uh, a little bit about that lineup. So it's kind of Tito's back to we're going to figure this thing out on the fly and move guys all around. I mean, it seems like every night it's different. Rosario, uh, uh, Ahmed Rosario, maybe it's sec- a shortstop uh, hitting seventh one day. Then he plays center field and he hits second the next day. Then he doesn't play. And then you got Harold Ramirez playing center field three you know, three out of four games in Kansas City, fresh up from uh, from Columbus, and he had some big hits this week, an aggressive swinger, uh, to say the least. And he's putting him. You know, he hit fifth, he hit sixth. He's right there in the middle of the order. They're still trying to figure out what they're th- this week. Yu Chang played first base twice. Jake Bowers played first base twice. Josh Naylor played first base in, in one of the starts. Uh, I still think he's trying to find that. that at the, um, you know, magic potion or whatever he's trying to do to figure it all out. I mean, I think we know at this point, Cesar Hernandez is going to be penciled in at second base every day. Jose Ramirez, third base every day. Franmil Reyes will DH every day. Naylor's going to be in there every day somewhere. And then everything else seems to be a rotating part. You know, the guy who we was really hot early and, and got on, on a roll and helped carry the, the offense when essentially it was just Franville Reyes and Jose Ramirez doing stuff, was uh, Jordan Luplo. And Loop is now ice cold. So you just... Four for his run. last four for his last 40. Yeah, he's he has not been great. But again, he, he's going to play against right-handed uh, pitching. I still think, you know, it, it, and, and this one of the things that, that you and I and, and the executive producer, Jeremy, have been discussing all week was... If you look down in Columbus right now, which we're going to be making a road trip relatively soon down there on a weekend to uh, do a little scouting for sure. Uh, Owen Miller, who is a uh, favorite of this podcast, especially yours, and Tom Hamilton, by the way, when he was on this podcast, when when you asked him who did he see as one of the young players is going to make an impact, the first guy he said was Owen Miller will be that guy. Owen Miller, I've seen... Um, in the starting lineup at first, uh, uh, he's a, you know he's a middle infielder by trade. He he has been so basically what they're doing in Columbus is they're rotating around a bunch of these guys, Good. and so so which is the the, the smart play yes. because they're trying to make these guys you know they're sitting on as we know and we've discussed many times in this podcast the Indians are sitting basically on a treasure trove of middle infielders and with Cesar Hernandez 
at second base right now. And then the two young shortstops that are up, there kind of isn't a spot for them. So let's see what else they can do. So I know that this week, or this past week, that, that passed, should I say, Owen Miller played third base, second base, and first and base. First base. Yep. And DH. Gabriel Arias played second base and shortstop. Oh, and they're DH. Gabriel Arias played second base and shortstop. Nolan Jones played first base and third base and uh, uh, left field. Right. Was it? Yes. Yesterday he played, yesterday he played left field. Oh, okay. Field. Ernie Clement played left field, second base, and shortstop this week, too. So they're going to find whoever's hot, there's going to be a spot for them, especially the way that this team is – is uh, you know so hot and cold, and I like most importantly, I like that Owen Miller grabbed the first base glove that you called that three weeks ago. Put a first baseman's glove on that guy and let's get him up here. So I like yeah, that and 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 you know Saturday night I was I was watching some of the game on milb dot com, and uh, you know here comes Owen Miller with the bases loaded the first time and he struck out and it's like all right. Louisville, the, the team that the uh, Clippers were playing on the road, is playing with fire because the next inning he comes up again with the bases loaded. And give Bobby Bradley credit, worked a couple of walks in that game. But then Miller delivered a three-run double. And so you, you can't can't play with fire the second time and not get burned. You could just see he's a natural 24-year-old right-handed hitter that sprays the baseball all over the place. I think he's hitting 460-something. And I know it's one week. So it's just the beginning of the season for the AAA guys. And, you know, Antonetti made the point over the weekend of saying, hey, I had like five screens going on Saturday watching all of our minor leaguers play and and stuff during the Indians' uh, 9-2 win over the Reds. But he's taking a close look because there are some guys at this level right now that aren't cutting the mustard, as they say. I mean, Yu Chang, God bless him, great dude and everything else. He's not a big leaguer. Ahmed Rosario stinks. I'm sorry. I know I've said this thousands of times, and I've tr- I'm trying to. He hustles. He's got a lot of speed, and I know he had the day game three hit get day against the Royals this week. But my goodness, he can't play every day. He's not an everyday player. Owen Miller might be that. So you got to figure out where you're going to plug and play some of these guys. You know, Todd Tito loves the the platoon and the and the maneuvering and the massaging of the lineup every day. But eventually, you got to have some it guys that are going to play every day. They're going to be the guys you rely upon. What's the old adage? If you're a platoon player, that means you're not an everyday player. So, you know, I, well, well, I, I would, I mean, I hear that to a point, but in 2021, it's just like a different situation. But yes, you're right. Like Eddie Rosario is not a platoon player. Cesar Hernandez, not a platoon player. Jordan Lupo is. And, you know, I, that, that does make sense for sure. I just like that the Indians are so willing to, you know, and, 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 the people who use that service time argument on guys like Bobby Bradley and, you know, it, it's not true. Okay. The service time situation, you know, you want to use that. Oh, they're keeping him down. That's for guys like the redacted X shortstop. He was, he was, uh, you know, one of those top tier guys, you know, there's no, there's no guy like that waiting in AAA that we're holding down. And if they had someone like that, I guarantee you he'd be playing right now. Going back to Ahmed Rosario. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Way, Andres Jimenez. By the way, Andres Jimenez is 22. So if they were, if they were worried about his service time and paying him, they would have started him in Columbus or at the uh, alternate yeah. site, and they would have played Rosario every day at short. They knew they couldn't put him at Rosario at shortstop every day. And heck, we saw it Friday night against the Reds. He's a butcher at shortstop. 
It's bad enough yeah. he's in center field in a position he doesn't know. I'd rather have him out there than middle of the diamond in your infield, uh, dropping the ball on a on a, what, a sure three six three double play stuff like that. Um, yeah, you know. uh, yeah. I, I, he dropped the ball on that double play, and then in the ninth, when the ball went off of Class A foot, and they had they ended up having first and second and nobody out, and then there was that. Ground ball back to Class A, which could have been a double play ball. Ahmed Rosario was nowhere near second base right. to cover the bag. Right. He was ball and Class watching. A tried to throw it to him on the run, and it, and I can like like you just said so well. I can live with him taking bad routes in center field because he's never played center field in his life. And he's trying to learn at the major league level. I cannot live with him not covering second base on a double play ball in a tie score in the ninth inning. I, I can't. If you're if you're a shortstop, and I agree with you, he has not been great. I think he's got a super utility value on this team. The guy who probably is going to lose his job when Owen Miller comes up, like you said, is Yu Chang. He they, they've given Chang every opportunity to to play. He he's essentially been because of the amount of left-handed. Uh, pitchers the Indians have seen. He's essentially split 50-50 with Bowers at first base for the most part, other than the few times Naylor's played with yeah, yeah, And it hasn't worked. No, he's over He's overmatched. Worked. He's overmatched. Yeah, he, yeah. so what, when and if Owen Miller is the first to arrive from the Columbus uh, shuttle up I-71, I gotta believe Yu Chang's gonna be the guy that gets sent out. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any question. And it's too bad, and they've given him those opportunities. And again, Yu Chang might be a utility guy in the future where he barely plays or you need a backup. You know. But you're right. Uh, you mentioned it before. I mean, Jose plays every day. Cesar Hernandez you know, had a bad finger one day and sat out a game. And all the... that was the only reason he sat out. Tito made him. Right, because he, he wanted said, to play. He said it himself. He, he wanted to play, and Tito said, let's just give it one day of rest, and that was it. But, you know, Owen Miller is going to be in your everyday, I would think, second baseman next year, I would think. But now, if he can play first base and provide a little bit more than what Bowers and Chang have given you, and let's give Jake credit. Uh, he has come out of his shell. He's hitting the baseball better. I'm not saying he's the second coming of... Uh, you know, Mike Sweeney over here or, or or Carlos Santana or any first baseman that pops into my head in our division from back in the day or even now, Paul Conurco. But Jake Bowers had a good week and so has earned the right to be out there again against right-handed pitching. But if you're going to play this platoon game, I'd much rather have Owen Miller in there than you chain. Absolutely. And, yes, Bowers has been better He's still below league average. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And first base first base is still the, the place to go if you're going to want to play immediately and you're Nolan Jones or you're Owen Miller. Your, your, your quickest route in on May 9th or May 10th, should I say, that we're recording this, is still that first base spot. And I actually feel sorry for Bobby Bradley because the way that it seems to me is that they want Miller. I mean, with Miller grabbing a first base club and Jones uh, grabbing a first base club, and them essentially, yeah, Bradley plays some first, but he's also DHing. It seems like they just they don't they don't love him. I know I know that he had a great spring and he thinned out. He's done everything he, they've asked him to do, and I feel bad for him. But it seems to me like this this has Jesus Aguilar written all over it, right? He's just he's always there and he's always getting passed over. And I'm not saying he's going to be a, he's great by any means, and that he's getting screwed. I mean, in a way, he kind of is, but I, I just don't know what they're going to do with him either, because there's not 
it's too bad that he can't play corner outfielder. They never tried him in the corner outfield because that could have been a route for him too. No, and they don't have the right. DH. And Fran Meal's got a DH for the most part. So I mean, he's not terrible in right field, but no, but he can't play out there every day. Uh, Dairy Brothers Tribe cast on a Monday. Uh, Indians will play two with uh, Todd's favorite team, the Cubs. Uh, coming to town a Tuesday night, Wednesday afternoon, and then they head out west. Four games starting Thursday night, late night, against the uh, weird and wacky Seattle Mariners. I found out, Todd, from one of my uh, Seattle peeps and also from uh, one of our... Uh, cousin Matt? Well, Cousin Matt is, is a P. He's a P1, but other ones as well. That the Mariners are Mike like... Mike Dolan? Mike Dolan, also a Seattle Indians fan? Deezer? That's right. Shout out to Deezer. He'll be there this weekend. I mean, I, apparently, like, the Mariners have no faith. Like, do you think our fans are bad and our fan base stinks? Apparently, like, the Mariners are just a nothing burger in Seattle. I looked it up today. The Indians have one million Twitter followers. Do you know how many Twitter followers the Mariners have? Uh, less than a million. Like 570,000. That's bad. And that city's way bigger, and they have... Well, they have three. They have an NHL team now, as we say, but they don't even have an NBA team anymore. No, not that, the, not that Cleveland has an NBA team right now either. No, hey, oh. on waitingfornextyear.com, they do. That's all they talk. That's all they talk about. They love them. Um, but but you know it, it's it's crazy because you'd figure the Mariners you know, they used to have that place used to jump when it was the Kingdom and then they moved to to Safeco or whatever the they series, call it the now. The series the Indians had in '95 oh. against the Mariners, and then in '01. When Robbie didn't run, Robbie Almar forgot to run hard on the double play ball he hit against Jamie Moyer with the bases loaded in the first inning. Those 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 fans were great, man. The kingdom yeah. the kingdom rocked. And and I, I, I listen, the Seahawks have a, probably the best fan, you know, one of the top five fan bases in, in the NFL too. The twelfth man. Uh, maybe it's yeah. Maybe maybe it's just that they've been so bad for so long that no one gives a shit anymore. Is that, I mean, they have no, they have been, and, and really, when you look at their roster, we'll go over this when we do the pitching matchups. When you look at the Mariners team, like you don't recognize anybody. Like you know, Kyle Seager and Mitch the Itch Haniger. Mitch Haniger, yeah, kills well, the have, Indians. But other than that, you couldn't name any of the players. I, I, I Kyle, uh, uh, what's his name? Kyle Lewis, center yeah. fielder. Yeah, he's good. He's Rookie decent. of the year last year. He's decent. Also a member of ten percent capacity. <laughs> oh man. But, uh, you know, the other thing about that Kansas City series this week, if we can go back to that, when the Indians sweep the Royals. Think about that. You go into Kansas City, they're playing really well. And since, I mean, the Indians knocked them to the canvas. I mean, then the White Sox went in there this weekend and just kicked them, yeah. kicked them out of the ring. I mean, another sweep. Kansas City has now lost uh, uh, eight in a row. But the Indians made a statement with their offense, with their bullpen, despite... Angel Hernandez, and maybe some of the single worst umpiring I've ever seen. I, I mean, I've never, I've never seen anything like a player dropping a ball and then a guy being caught between second and third being tagged out, and yet they gave the hitter first base and they gave the runner third base. I've never seen anything like that in my lifetime. I mean, Angel Hernandez should be I, – I don't know how he's still umpiring. He should be fired. You know something funny? Yesterday in my time hop, a tweet came up from eight years ago saying – Angel Hernandez is the absolute worst umpire, and he's in his 20th season. And he's, it, that was eight years ago, and, and I was tweeting about how terrible he was eight years ago. And it's only getting worse. The thing is, as he was bad all weekend for sure, or all week for sure, the rest of his crew was just as bad. I saw four 
home plate umpires with four different zones all game long. One guy's calling low and away for half the game. Then, then he's giving the inside portion for the last, you know, half of the game. All four guys were all over the place. They were completely clueless. But the play where the, the fly ball was hit in center field and Harold Ramirez, who is not a center fielder, by the way, who's playing out there and he's, he does, he, he talk about someone who makes me scared out there hitting Harold. He doesn't, well, he doesn't make, the, a, he, the he makes thing... the plays, but he's, He's not a center fielder. Well, the other so, thing too is Josh Naylor. Josh Naylor needs to get away. Like when the ball yes. is the center fielder's ball, how many times is Naylor like standing next to him? Even on like Josh, move away. That's the center fielder's ball. You want to back him up and go behind him? Fine. But man, the amount of times that Naylor's over there ready to crash into the center fielder, whoever it is. I know you're over there to help Ahmed out because he's not a center fielder and never has played it before this year. But, geez, Josh, I love your energy, but move away a little bit so that you let him do his job. You know, Ken Carmen refers to him as the most exciting player in all of baseball, or most entertaining, most entertaining player in all of baseball. Mm-hmm. You know, Naylor's just he's going 100 miles per hour at all times. But you're totally right when when he has an inexperienced center fielder near him and he's right on top of him that that doesn't help so going back to the play the fly ball was hit Harold Ramirez drops it it bounces off the wall and Naylor is standing right next to him picks up the ball and throws it in now if you're the umpire and you see one guy not make the catch who's right-handed and then the left-handed guy who's next to him throws the ball in wouldn't that be sign number one that he didn't make the catch I mean you would think you would think yeah and, and and there is no, you know, after the game, the explanation he gave was complete. It, it made no sense whatsoever. You either rule him safe, you know, you and, and you either rule the batter out and say, I thought he caught the ball, and then, or whatever. They also didn't allow a review, which made no sense. They, did, they didn't look at that because MLB's re, replay rules are stupid. But you can't just give a guy third base when he's tagged out in between second and third base, and the ball was was in play there was no blowing the play dead it wasn't like the play was dead and they and if angel hernandez after the game was said listen the play was dead uh, right. uh i lost the ball in the lights I, whatever it I is i lost the ball in the lights it was bad enough but the play was ruled dead so that's why he's safe it would have been stupid but at least you could live with that he never said it the ball was live he was tagged out between second and third right. he still got third base luckily it didn't end up costing the Indians any extra runs because Sam Hedges got out of it. But still, you had to throw sixteen. They, had to throw yeah. sixteen more pitches that inning. I mean, it yeah. just and, but that, and then that was the game they came back at, from uh, and won five to four. Correct? Yes. Yeah, where uh, we had the the uh, home run by Josh Naylor to win the game. Jose Ramirez homer in the eighth, and Naylor in the homer in the ninth. For the comeback kids, baby. It was it was a heck of a performance in Kansas City, despite all of that madness with with Angel Hernandez, and it just it, that does go to show does go to show that this team's playing hard. You see the energy in the in the dugout, even when Bowers hit that uh, home run uh, in Kansas City as well. I think it was the next night, and, and and the guys going crazy for him. Look, this team does have holes. There's no question about it, and the offense has got to be better. And then they got no hit on Friday night, and I always hate that first game back. After a long road trip game, which the Indians will face the Mariners on Thursday. Same thing for Seattle. They'll be coming back from playing in Texas and in L.A. against the Dodgers. So I think the Indians should have an advantage. But, um, you know, the, the offense isn't isn't where it should be. But, man, in those games, you saw the difference between the Indians' bullpen and the Royals' bullpen. And it's a big difference.
Absolutely. And, and you know, they, they were trotting out Wade Davis, who is done a shell of what he and Greg Holland. These guys were great in 2014, you know, <laughs> and that, that's who they're going to in a tie game. And, you know, the Indians are, are, are I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, let's just talk about the bullpen real quick. When Nick Sandlin came in and pitched those two scoreless innings, I knew that he was good. And, you know, I had been reading so much about him and saw, saw a lot of uh, clips uh, of him in, in, in the minors. But he's coming from that side angle and throwing really hard. Like, normally those side angle guys are soft soft tossers. He's He's got right, like, like uh... stuff, and his command is just ridiculous. I mean, that is a serious weapon. Between, when Wickren, Wickren looked great in the one inning that he pitched – what game was it? All these games run together, but Whitgren came in because it was the game that they ended up. I'll tell you what it was. They went to Karen Jack when they were up four nothing and won that uh, uh, and and won the game. That was Tuesday. Four nothing game was Thursday. On Wednesday, oh, Thursday in the five four Whitgren pit a uh, Whitgren pitch Tuesday and Wednesday. That's what it was. Okay, no. Yeah, he was a winning pitcher Tuesday and Wednesday. Regardless, when Wickren's going well and Sandlin's going well, and then you got the other three who've just been unbelievably dominant. But, man, Sandlin looks like he's going to be a real force for a long time. I don't know who it was, but someone on Twitter said he looks exactly like David Risky. But that was <laughs> a good call. Risky business? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah. like Sandlin a lot. And it's a different look, which is great. Yeah. No, he's getting outs. He's getting outs. And, and when you right now have a struggling fifth starter in McKenzie, a young yeah. kid in Hinches, neither are going five. They're both going maybe Tristan's five innings. going five. Well, Tristan had pitched five on Thursday, and Sandlin <laughs> came with two after that. Right, right. He got into yeah. the six, then, then they had to take him out. But that's okay if you have – the back end guys and the middle relievers that the Indians have that that you're comfortable with, and that's all you can ask for. Bullpens are are so uh, so important, and I think Tito's done a good job. I mean, Karinchek pitched a lot this week, so this these days these off days, Karinchek didn't pitch Saturday, so you know him not, and he didn't pitch Friday either. He didn't pitch, yeah, he, he's he's fresh now, but essentially he, between the White Sox series. Um, and the uh, uh, Kansas City series, he pitched three times, three out of four in Kansas City. He he appeared in, and he pitched two out of three in Chicago. So that's and again, you listen. He's a young guy. You, you want to, You're, you're going to give him a lot of work. But when he's pitching five out of every seven games, and it's all high leverage situation, you know when 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 they're up four to nothing against a team that's only gotten two or three hits. And you have Nick Sandlin, and you have Nick Whitgren. Maybe give him the day off. You know, he could use a day off. It's not, it's not the end of the world. So I just want to. My my biggest concern is coming down the stretch, and he's just leaned on Karen Check and Class A and Shaw so much uh, that that they're burnt. But I just the way that Sandlin looked uh, this week, it just it was it was very you know very comforting. I. I it felt like we got another great guy out there. Whitgren and, and, and Sandlin should be used in certain high-leverage situations, I think. Speaking of comforting, if you want to go to the dentist, uh, there's only one place to go, uh, and that's where Todd goes. <laughs> what, what, you know, you, you'd go there weekly if you could. The Center for Advanced I Dentistry. Mean, I might just go today just to pop in and you know talk to Dr. Sean Slussell and, and, of course, America's best dentist, 
America's greatest dentist, America's funniest dentist, Dr. Ben Hornstein. If you are looking for a dentist and you live on the east side or the west side, come on over to the east side, Chagrin Boulevard exit in Beechwood, right there on Orange Place. Check them out, the Center for Advanced Dentistry. Whatever your dental needs are, uh, you know they they are they are Northeastern Ohio's premier dental practice. They're doing cutting edge dental procedures and treatment options in a fun and stress free environment. Perfection is their trademark, and your overall health and happiness matter to them the most. Their office is warm and inviting, and offers a unique experience that you will never receive from a traditional dental practice. And I can tell you that from experience. I have been going there for more than twenty years, and they've treated me and my family so well. So. Check them out online at cfad.net or give them a call at 216-595-1710. Tell them the Dairy Brothers sent you, and uh, they'll hook you up. But again, check them out, please. The best dentist in Northeastern Ohio. 216-595-1710, the Center for Advanced Dentistry. Now, Matt. Yes. Tell me what's going on over there at Breaking Teeth. I was just thinking about all the uh, people we could recruit from Solon to uh, head over to the Center of Advanced Dentistry, like uh, Kid Cuddy or uh, Zach Meisel. Solon, what's that? I, that's outside. You know, you, you go south of Miles Road and that's the bubble. <laughs> Nick, uh, Zach, Nick Camino, um, the Klein family. Uh, we could go on and on about Solon. Um, all right, the Cleveland, <laughs> the Cleveland Collection at BreakingTea.com is fantastic. There are two... New Tribe shirts out there for all of you diehard Tribe First fans. Okay, for everybody else. Uh, all George, of us. <laughs> all two of us. That's right. All four of us. Uh, you can name them, you know. Is Sister Mary still alive? Uh, you know, like so. It's, it, it's the two of us, the executive producer, Ags. I don't know who else. Bilski. <laughs> and even, go ahead. John Adams. Didn't mean to, yes, John Adams. Sister yeah, Mary. Breaking uh, tea. Breakingtea.com slash dairy. Cleveland Collection. You get your stuff. Uncle Brian and the rest of the boys' shirt with the Ohio, the state of Ohio logo on it is really, really cool from Breaking Tea. And the new Jordan Lublo shirt designed by one Todd W. Dairy. <laughs> Loop, there it is, shirt with, uh, it's a blue shirt with red lettering and Lublo swinging the bat. It's cool. So grab that. If you're a Browns fan, um, uh, Cavs fan, whatever you are, there's the Believe in Baker t-shirt, which is really cool. They've got anything that you need uh, for any of your Cleveland teams. And if you just like cool shirts that maybe aren't uh, sports-related, Todd, you got something off of Breaking Tea recently. Oh, I got I got, I got, got a defund racism t-shirt that's awesome. There you go. There you go. Oh, yeah. I got. You know what, what? What's so great about them is, and it's a great model, when something good happens, they got a t-shirt immediately up. Like, the New York Raccoon Rat T-shirt. If you're looking for that, they got that after the Redacted X shortstop and Jeff McNeil got into a fist fight in the tunnel and then came up with that lie to cover their asses, which was pretty funny. Uh, they have that New York Rat Raccoon right there on the uh, the uh, New Arrivals, even right next e to the Wade Miley, Miley incredible no-no T-shirt. It's actually a really cool. I got to be honest. I know Wade Miley. Uh, you know. As, as as the kids would say, fucked our shit up on Friday night. But Wade Miley's incredible no-no shirt, red with white lettering. It's cool. So check it all out at breakingtea.com slash dairy. Put in the promo code TRIBECAST10 for 10% off at uh, checkout from our friends 
uh, at Breaking Tea. All right, so uh, our buddy Craig Lindell from WaitingForNextYear.com did his own uh, sort of Indians riff uh, yesterday, a 15-minute podcast, which you can find at uh, WFNY. And uh, he got himself into a little trouble with uh, some of the diehard Indians fans, uh, namely you and me, on Twitter on Twitter, on Twitter over the weekend after the no-hitter. And look, the no-hitter was embarrassing. Okay, It's embarrassing to be no-hit twice in a season. But I also will go with what like the Zellmans say, which is, this is baseball right now. I mean, the, the same day the Indians were being no-hit, Sean Manaya of the A's had a no-hitter going into the eighth. Mike Meyer had a no-hitter going into the sixth against the Indians earlier in the week. We're seeing this all over the game. Nobody's hitting. Two-strike approach is terrible. Everybody's trying to hit home runs. Um, am I concerned? Sure. But like you said, I'm also looking at the standings, but Craig seemed to dig himself a little bit of a hole online. And again, the Twitter mob is a small amount of fans. But by basically saying, geez, I, I guess I can't say anything about the no-hitter to, for Indian, to Indians fans because you know, it's too negative. And it's like, what are you talking about? Like, what do you mean you can't say anything? What, you think all Indians fans are just slappies that aren't going to point out that this team is offensively challenged? Do you, would you want to give Francisco Lindor $340 million? He wasn't, he wasn't staying here. Who? The redacted one? Moratorium? So... You know, I, 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 if you don't want to be a, a baseball fan and you don't like the sport, there's plenty of things that baseball is screwed up on. And the sport is slow, and the umpiring is bad. Uh, their marketing is terrible. I get it. So leave. If you don't, if you, this team goes to playoffs every year. They win. They, they've got they've got guys coming from the minors. They've had to retool a little bit. Are they transparent all the time? No. Is the owner, does the owner need to step forward a few times and say some things? Absolutely he does. Because, and they've, and we've said on this podcast, Todd, they've created an environment at times the Indians have that is their own bed that they've created and and and, and that they need to sleep in. But other than that, they're a game out of first place. And they've got young, exciting players. They have the youngest roster in baseball and a pitching factory. Could be a lot worse. I, I agree. I, I listened to... Craig's pod last night. Um, and, and you know what? I like that he went on and explained himself because, you know, there is zero nuance on Twitter, as you know. And and the one thing that I I think is lost and, and why I'm glad Craig did this was, you know, Twitter is such a sm- – he said, I shouldn't have taken this to Twitter. Twitter is such a small – because people who are addicted to Twitter, like me and you and others that we know – it's such a small sample size. It's it, it, we we act like everyone's on Twitter. It's not, not every you know. The Indians don't have a great fan base. Let's be honest. Whether we know it, or you know, from the fact that nobody buys tickets, no matter how good or bad they are, uh, and my, my so I get it. But Twitter's such a small sample size. So I think that for him to go on Twitter and, and get into that argument and say everyone jumped on me, yeah, the Twitter mob did. But I. Listen, he can have Craig can have the opinion that he wants to have, but to me, and it is, and like you said, he goes, "I was embarrassed. They got, they got, uh, they got no hit twice." But prior to that, they won five games in a row and nine of eleven. It's if they would have lost that game two to one and had two hits, it counts the same as getting no hit, right? And. He's not on Twitter the next day having this conversation. It's just another loss where the Indians couldn't come up with enough hits. So if they would have had one or two hits, 
I don't even think this conversation comes up. But what what aggravates me is the Indians. You know, he said, "Oh, Indians fans are so defensive." You know why we're defensive? Because we're the only fucking consistently winner winning team in this city. The cat and 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 I respect Craig a ton because he always has been saying this, and I can go back. 12 years with Craig where he said this, don't compare the Cavs and the Indians and, and the Browns to them, to each other. They're, they're totally different animals, but which is true. But the, 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 the Browns went one in 31 and people still cared more than, than, than well, they ever would yeah, care about the Indians. You know, it's, the Cavs, it's also football and it's the NFL joke they're, uh, they Thank God. If they didn't get LeBron James, if they didn't luck into LeBron James, not once, but twice, would this franchise even be in this city anymore? They'd be shit. And they're going to be shit forever unless they somehow win the lottery and land on the next LeBron James. Because no free agents will ever come to play here. Gilbert's a fucking lunatic. And it, it's just, it, it that's reality. But the Cavs get consistently blown. The Browns get consistently blown. And the Indians are the only team that consistently wins. It drives me insane. And again, everybody can be a fan of all of these teams. And many people listening to these podcasts are fans of all these teams. And I don't want to say, but but the Indians fans get this rap like we're so defensive. And, and we, it, 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 the reason why we are so defensive is because our team actually wins and nobody cares. And everybody has a right to not care, but I don't like, and, and this was my, my beef with Craig is they got no hit. And then he went on this rant about how we're supposed to feel, you know, he feels that, that the Dolan family ownership uh, and, and the front office basically has us, not me and you, but has us brainwashed to their way of thinking. But this is what right, our reality right. that, that is. That fans are their, fa- the money. fans are their business partners, not their fans. Yes. And, and he said, "I don't like threading the needle every year. Do you want to be the do you want to be the Cavs and be in the lottery every year when you don't have LeBron James? Is that more fun? I like winning no matter how. If my payroll is twenty million dollars and they win, I like winning. If my payroll is two hundred million dollars, I like winning. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I do. Yes, I, I see suck? it. Yes. Does it suck that they don't?" bring back Frank, you know, the, the redacted one and traded Carlos Carrasco and gutted payroll. And, yes. But do we have to, it's not that long ago that they went to the world series with a payroll over a hundred million and then went out and signed the biggest free agent on the market in Edwin Encarnacion. Yes. They've cut payroll the last couple of years and I get it. And I'm not excusing it because I think it's crap. And I want the, the, the Dolans to be billionaires or sell to somebody who's a billionaire and, and the front office is trying everything they can, but the whole I don't like threading the needle thing to me is bullshit. They're doing everything they can to continue to win without breaking it down. Look at how bad the unnamed team has been since they gutted the team four years ago. And you know what their record is? They have the worst record in the American They're League. 10 and 24. 10 and 24. And, and Talk about threading the needle. When was the last time the Indians were that bad? After? And they, and, year, and let me tell you something. Years ago. Let me tell you something about the unnamed team. They get a free pass. They get a free pass here because it's baseball. It's the summer. Oh golly gee, Robbie Grossman's the cute white guy who gets right, his right. uniform no, no, dirty. Yeah, but but you know what I'm saying? They get a free pass, but the Indians don't. Like the Cavs get a free pass. Yeah, but at least the Cavs won a championship, unlike the unnamed team. Correct. <laughs> that is that is true. 
Well, LeBron James won a championship. So here, let me come back to something. The Frankie, the, the, the redacted one contract situation. I know it's early and he's been terrible for them. I don't care if the Indians had a billion a, a, a billionaire owning the team. I wouldn't give anybody 12 years. I wouldn't. How'd that work yeah, out? How'd that work out for the Angels? Right, they just How'd that work out for the unnamed team? Pool host, Miguel Cabrera. The the list goes on and on. The list goes on and on. Still has to pay Mickey for how many more years? Two more after this at 32 32 million. million. Right. He's hitting 120. (laughs) I think he hasn't had a home run since uh, the the opener in the snow against the Indians. But, but, But the point is, Craig can feel however he wants to feel about the team, and he doesn't have to support him. And he was a paying customer for a long time, and I don't think he – I think he doesn't have his tickets anymore, if I'm correct. But he, he paid. He went so he could – I respect the fact that he has an opinion because at least he's a paying customer or at one time was a paying customer. What I don't like is these people that say, oh, you know, the Dolans are cheap and da 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 and then never go out and buy tickets. Well, right. and here's out. the thing. And if you're still a fan and you want more transparency, you're right. That is not yes. the Indian strong suit. I would love for somebody to come forward and say, listen, we're letting Frank, uh, the redacted one, go. I almost. Uh, uh, yeah, you did, good. you did good. But let me tell you, like, wouldn't you love it if Paul Dolan and this isn't his strong suit, but somebody in the organization needs to do this? And they didn't do it, so it's almost too late. But, hey, we're going to let him go. Okay, we offered him a certain amount, but we got guys coming, all right? We have faith in our farm system. Just wait. Give us time. Something that's transparent. I don't know if anybody reached out to Craig or anybody that decided, you know what? Tired of losing my favorite players. My kids have the jerseys. Now they're all gone. My kids love Brantley. He's gone. My kids love Carlos. He's gone. My kids love the other Carlos. He's gone. And my kids love 12, and he's gone. But at least there's got to be some sort of messaging. And there wasn't this offseason. Was not. No. And it was a bad offseason. And Craig brought that up. And he, he was. And he's right. He's, he's right about that. Right. It was a, it was a bad offseason. But what he did, he, while well, he said they let Carlos Santana walk, and how hard was it to keep him around? He's a 35 year old first baseman who got a two year deal from the Royals who wanted a veteran. And the Indians had cheap young replacements who could probably do. You know, close to his job at this point. Let's let's not forget, Carlos was terrible last year. So it's not, I know, but it's still it's a guy with a track a record that nobody right. else would give him except the Royals. <laughs> but, but still, but, but still better than what we have at first base now. Of course, and I love him, and he'll be one of my favorite players ever. And yeah, do I wish he was on the team this year? Yeah, but like, it they brought in Eddie Rosario and brought back Cesar Hernandez. Can't just gloss over that. But that's not. But that's not good enough for the casual baseball fan. They only see what they see on Sports Center. Lindor's leaving. Woo! Cleveland sucks. Tribe gets no hit for the second time in a season. Woohoo! They must be horrible. <laughs> but there's nobody, including, and, and this is where some of the local media in Cleveland is is really bad. And, and, and here in here in the unnamed city, they they tongue this baseball team for no reason. They suck. But like in Cleveland, we're, we're, there's got to be better coverage sometimes. Seriously. I agree. I just it, it comes back to this: the Indians continue to compete for the playoffs and for the division every single year of the Tito era, which is now on year nine, if I'm correct. It's either year eight or year nine. Uh, if we just had an eight or nine year stretch where they were like we, yeah. and, and this is another thing: you and I 
are, are you and I know that baseball in Cleveland existed before the Jacobs Field era? People, <laughs> that whole, there, there's a g- entire generation that grew up on the 90s Indians and every, and to them, that's how it should be every single year. And they should have a high payroll and they should have stars in every position. But that, and, and everybody wants the games, but that, that economy was different. The Browns didn't weren't around. It was a completely different situation. The stadium was brand new. That was more than twenty years ago at this point. Can we get the fuck over it? I mean, <laughs> yes. No, I'm serious. Like, listen, I love those teams too. You and I were in our teens and twenties for that. It was it was awesome. It was it was the best. But can we get past it? Those days are over. We're competing for a we're competing every single year. We have the chance to go to the playoffs, and yes, they've been bad in October, and that. But I would rather have that happen than when you and I were growing up and went to the old stadium with Dad and sat <coughs> and sat in the upper deck on the third base side, and it was me and you and him. Nobody seven rows in front of us, nobody twenty rows behind us, and we were watching, you know, Alby fucking Lopez, you know, and and pictures like that. I mean. Rich yet. There was that Miguel one year. There was that one year. Bills. Right. There yeah. was that one year where, where every Saturday it seemed like Rich yet was pitching. Richie yet. <laughs> That's right. Chris Bando. Come on. I mean, the, it was so bad, but nobody, nobody remembers how bad it was. Right. Trust me when I tell you, if you're listening to this and you're young, we don't want to go back to that because if that happens, you think no one goes now and no one pays attention now? They'll leave. The team will be gone. They'll leave. Yep. Yep. We're on the same page on that. They'll be in Nashville. They'll be long gone. So be careful what you wish for. I agree. I'm not saying go out and buy tickets. You can do whatever you want. I just, this team's exciting. They play a pretty good brand of baseball. They've got this pitching factory that many teams around the league are jealous of. You still win with pitching. Um, but yeah, they do they disappoint you? Sure. But this notion of, yeah, I just, I don't know what they, they don't make any moves that excite me. What are you talking about? They brought Shane Bieber up a couple of years ahead of schedule, developed him, and he's the best pitcher in the game. They have an MVP candidate who should excite you every time he plays. He's a freak out there. Helmets flying around, hair. He delivers, man. He's, Jose Ramirez is 50 times the player Sexland is. But, but but those two guys have one good game against the Sacramento Kings, and I'm it's all over my Twitter feed. Oh, Colin and Darius. They suck. Get out of get out of here with that bullshit. You got Jose Ramirez, let's man. Just talk about the, let's just talk about our team. That's it. But, I, but I'm making a point. I know, I know. I'm kidding. It doesn't make any sense to me. Oh, what are we going to yeah. do about and Yes, we do. You know what? I guess this proves Craig's point that we are defensive. But I, I, Fine. But again, I, you, I am defensive because my team wins and continues to get shit on. And, and, and again, I don't defend what the Dolans have done over and over and over again in terms of, and I've called for them to sell many times, but I just like a consistent winner. And I like the fact that I know that my team has a chance to get to the playoffs every year. And if you're a Pittsburgh Pirates fan or a fan of the unnamed team or Seattle Mariners or the, you know, the, 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 Pittsburgh they're, they're, Pirates. Yeah. So I said, the Buccos. I mean, you, there's so many bad franchises that would, kill to be as good as the Indians are year in and year out. So yeah, let's just, yeah. And I will say this and I did, I didn't mean that those, those two kids on the, on the basketball team suck. They probably are talented kids. They, they are, 
but they they're losers. Okay, so I mean, <laughs> yeah, their team, the team, not the them personally, right? The but team. they're on a bad team going nowhere. That's that that's yeah. going to make major changes probably again this offseason. I mean, how many more GMs do you want to go through? I mean, give me a break. There's stability. How many GMs do you think they've had since Antonetti started in Cleveland? Right? Oh, I mean, I don't know that number. Right? You could go through all, all the names. I mean, give me a break. Drove John yeah. Beeline out of basketball. <laughs> Guy's a Listen, great man. T- yeah, he's a great man. He's laughing all the way to the bank. Right. He he, he made, what, $20 million for working a half of a season? Oh. He's laughing his ass off. All right. We got to calm down. All right. So, uh, <laughs> pitching, let's get the pitching matchups and get out of here. <laughs> get your things and get out of here. Get your clothes on and get out of here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been waiting for you, I'm Billy, Ray. For you, Billy Ray. <laughs> That's right. All right. Cubs, are you going to go to any of these games? Because you can't be there. Hell no. Okay, good. I will never set foot in that stadium again against the Cubs. Never. Zach Zaidman, Chicago Cubs, are coming to town. So, we got games uh, Tuesday night. Wednesday afternoon, and then Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, and then Sunday afternoon. Ooh, we got some Thursday 10-10, Friday 10-10, Saturday. Yeah, and I'm doing the morning show uh, oh, Thursday and Friday morning on the fan with oh, Anthony no. Lima. Oh, I mean, good. I mean, that'll be good to listen to, but oh wait, Thursday and Friday. So it's really only just one day of you staying up super late, and you'll probably not sleep. Correct. Knowing you, you'll watch the Indians Thursday night. Uh, That'll go to late. 1 a.m. I'll get a you'll little sleep. A nap, I'll get a little and sleep. And then you'll get yeah. up. <laughs> But uh, so with the pitchers now, the Indians have an opportunity here to move the rotation around, so they don't have any anything locked uh, in etched in stone. So what should they do? So you know Bieber's going to pitch on Tuesday; uh, it's his turn to go, and you'll get two starts out of him this week: Tuesday against the Cubs, Sunday afternoon against Seattle. Uh, so Tuesday, Albert uh, Adbert. Al Zole, former member of the uh, Team D's team, uh, pitching for the and Cubs, only, 4.50 ERA. And then Wednesday afternoon, Zach, uh, Sam Hentges against Zach Davies, who, of course, was the big piece that came over in the uh, U Darvish trade from the Cubs to the Padres. Davies is a good— get, Wait, hold on. Where are you, getting, where are you seeing that? Because I see McKenzie on Wednesday. Uh, I saw Hentges uh, on the Tribe app, on the MLB.com app. Okay. Because Hentges was supposed to pitch yesterday, and it got rained oh, out. He was in line for yesterday. Okay, so what I'm looking at skips Hench, uh, skips Hentges and goes to. McKenzie. Well, that's the thing. There's nothing etched in stone other than Bieber pitching Tuesday and Sunday. The rest is right. wide open. But I'm assuming they would give Hentges the call on Wednesday afternoon. You know, because he was supposed yeah. to pitch Sunday. Zach Davies for the Cubs. Like I said, his ERA is over six. A really good outing the other day against the Pirates. I caught some innings of that uh, on the package. Uh, he's a good pitcher, but that's two righties Tuesday and Wednesday. The we Mariners two chances for the hunger strike. Hey, <laughs> that's dead. I'm 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 officially back. Um, Sunday. The only thing that we know about the Mariners pitching because they have all TBDs uh, this week except for Sunday when the great Justice Sheffield. Yeah, is supposedly pitching. <laughs> now, they could move Sheffield up uh, uh, and pitch uh, Kikuchi on Sunday because he's pitching uh, tomorrow against the Dodgers, uh, which is possible. But, look, what do I know about the Mariners? Uh, the least of any team in the league. You know me. I know every team. But other than Hanniger and Seeger and Young pitching, Seattle's not very good. I mean, I know Ty that they're – France? What about Ty France? He's not bad. He's pretty good. But Justice Sheffield, uh, likely we will see in that series, probably Sunday against Bieber, the hard-throwing lefty and former uh, Indians draftee. Part of the uh, Andrew Miller trade. Yeah. 
But um, the, uh, the rest, everything else is TBD. Now, so what do you do with the Indians? Do you pitch B? You obviously pitch Bieber on Tuesday and Sunday. Yes. Let's say they go with Henches on Wednesday. So then someone's you... going to get skipped. I mean, between Henches and what they really should do is skip McKenzie because I mean, you're you're. I, I know that he had a, a a you know good start for him. He went five scoreless, two two hits, four walk. He walked four, struck out five, and he got through. You know, went into the sixth, but that's the guy that they're going to be the most careful of. So it wouldn't surprise me if he got skipped, especially because Henches just joined the the rotation. So maybe you want to you know give him that shot. So I don't know. Oh, you know who else, by the way, plays outfield for the uh, Mariners? Who's that? Another one of your favorite farmhands, Taylor Trammell. Yes, yes, supposed yeah. to be supposed to be great. Um, Seattle, by the way, tenth in the league, tenth in the American League in ERA. So, you know, uh, they're hittable for sure. Uh, but no, Bieber. I, I would think Jesus, Bieber look, on I Tuesday. Looking, I, I am looking at their roster right now. Let me read you the names of their pitchers and tell me honestly. How many people have you heard of? JT Chargois or Chargois? No idea. C-H-A-R-G-O-I-S. Robert Duggar, Justin Dunn, Aaron Fletcher, Chris Chris Fletcher. Justin Dunn and Flexen are in their rotation. I've heard of them. Kendall Graveman, I remember from the He's their closer, Graveman, I believe. Kikuchi, Wyatt Mills, Anthony Miskowitz, the pride of Macomb County. Yeah. He's Shout from out, Field, Michigan. That's correct. You know that. Oh yeah, he's from Rafael here. Montero's a reliever. I know him. Justice Sheffield, Drew Steckenrider, Eric Swanson, and Will Vest. Yeah, that's going to be the most nondescript pitching staff of all time. And their two catchers are Tom Murphy and Luis Torrens. Murphy hits big bombs, big 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 homers for them. But who's heard of any of these people? I know. I, when you said that earlier, I was like, oh, I, I must have heard of some some more guys. You're right. I haven't. No. <laughs> I root for Anthony Miskowitz. He's uh, uh, he played for a friend of mine, so he, he's 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 an MSU guy. So executive producer Jeremy will not like State. that. That's right. So, all right, that'll do it for us. We got a rattle. Long, long pot. Fifty-four <laughs> minutes. Uh, brought to you by the Center for Advanced Dentistry and BreakingT.com. We will uh, talk to you again next week. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts.